0: Hi, it's Nick, also known as The Breathing Diabetic. Welcome back to another episode of The Breathing 411, where I read books and papers and then come up with four thoughts, one quote, and one answer all around optimizing our breath to optimize our life. This is originally an email, so if you're interested in the newsletter or reading it, you can subscribe at thebreathingdiabetic.com newsletter. And with that, I will jump into the first thought for this week a different kind of AI for breathing, one that actually works. So, we hear about AI all the time, right? (laughs) Artificial intelligence, it's in all these headlines. But for breathing, we actually don't need artificial intelligence, instead, we can tap into a much more powerful version of AI called ancient intelligence. Before modern scientific methods, right, ancient cultures built breathing algorithms Based on what worked in real life. So we just have to follow them. There are tons of them out there. As an example in the email, I threw in one from the Hatha Yoga Pradikapa. So you can I think this was written in the 15th century, if I believe. Here is one you can do. It's pretty simple. You sit comfortably, you draw in air through your left nostril. Then you hold it for a comfortable length. It should be challenging but, but comfortable. Then you exhale slowly, not forcibly, just slowly through the right nostril. Then you repeat on the other side. You inhale through the right, hold, exhale nice and long and slow through the left. I think they say to do that 80 times, so if you're up for it, go for it. I've never done the full 80, I'll be honest. But again, it's just awesome to see these algorithms out there. This one was for cleansing, right? Cleansing, clearing. That's what alternate nostril breathing is all about. Um, And there's tons more out there. So I say we use a little more AI, ancient intelligence today and a PS to this thought. This was inspired by my favorite teacher, I talk about all the time here, Brian Johnson. One of his plus ones where he used AI as ancient intelligence in a different way, but it applies perfectly to breathing. All right, with that, I will move on to thought number two the good breath isn't achievable, it's a way of breathing. And here's a quote. Instead, the good life that I present, which is deeply grounded in the core principles of humanistic psychology and a realistic understanding of human needs, is about the healthy expression of needs in service of discovering and expressing a self that works best for you. The good life is not something you will ever achieve, it's a way of living. End quote. And that is Scott Barry Kaufman from Transcend, and I just absolutely love that passage. And as I do a lot of times, uh, here is my version where I take that idea and and make a, a breathing version for it. So I call this the good breath. Here it is: the good breath is deeply grounded in the principles of human physiology and psychology, along with a realistic understanding of individual human differences. It's about the healthy expression of your emotions and your highest potential through breathing practices that work best for you. The good breath isn't something we try to achieve, it's simply a way of breathing. Of course, I love that, I hope you do too. It's fun to to play on these passages that are really impactful from books and realize that basically anything we learn from a self-development perspective can be applied to our breath because our breath is life, right? And it's the easiest, most accessible tool we have. All right, I will move on to thought number three, Knowing isn't enough. You have to use the breath. And here is another quote. This one comes from Barry Michaels and Phil Stutz in their book, Coming Alive. Quote, as strange as it may sound, we tell ourselves that because we know how to repel a symptom, we don't actually have to use the tool any longer. But if you want to build stronger muscles, you can't just think about lifting weights. You actually have to do the exercises. In the same way, if you want to increase your life force, you have to actually use the tools, end quote. And I just love that in that first sentence I say in here, hit me directly in the chest, right? As strange as it may sound, we tell, we tell ourselves that because we know how to repel a symptom, we don't actually have to use the tool any longer. Uh, and that's just such a great reminder that no matter how much we know, right, we can learn all this stuff, I read so much, I feel like I understand how to use the breath, right? We still have to practice. There's no getting around it, right? Um, And this goes for breathing, of course, but really any tool that we use for a better life. So let's practice more today. And with that, here is a practice you can try in thought number four, titled 7 Eleven for 7 Eleven Slow, Relaxing Breathing for 7 to 11 Minutes. So since this is being released on 7 Eleven, I invite you to practice 7 Eleven breathing with me. It's very simple a seven-second inhale and an 11-second exhale, and then you can do this from anywhere between seven to 11 minutes. Um, I've been using this rate, seven in, 11 out, for almost three years, almost every day, actually, maybe even longer, I'm not sure, Um, simply because seven is my wife's favorite number and 11 is mine, super scientific, I know, but in any case, I hope you'll give it a try, see how you feel to relax your breath down, uh, I think it's just you know just over three breaths per minute, so enjoy it. Might as well have a, have a silly reason to practice a different breathing rate today for 7-Eleven. And with that, I have one extra thought this week. It is titled, Three Easy Ways to Relax with Mindful Breathing. This is another guest blog post I wrote for ResBiotic, and I'll be honest, it is probably my favorite one yet. Um, I got to combine the Buddha, Dr. Ellen Langer, one of the who wrote the incredible book uh, "Counterclockwise," uh, Herbert Benson and the Relaxation Response, all into less than like 800 words. It's like a four or five minute read. Super simple, but uh, I think it's I think it's a cool blog. So go check it out. There'll be a link in the podcast show notes if you're listening to this on a podcast platform, or also um, if you're on the blog listening, you can just click it from there. So check it out. Quick read. Three mindful breathing practices at the end. And with that, I will move on to the one quote for this week, somewhat related here. Quote, To meditate with mindful breathing is to bring body and mind back to the present moment so that you do not miss your appointment with life. End quote. And that is Tick Not Han. And that brings us to the one answer for this week. The category is lungs and nerves. And the answer is, The lungs are filled with receptors and can almost be thought of as like a sensory organ, and they communicate information from the lungs back to the brain via this nerve. What is the vagus nerve? All right. That's pretty interesting. Uh, That came from a textbook, actually, um, Respiratory Physiology, I think in or in a clinical setting in any case really interesting to think of the, the lungs as a sensory organ uh, so if you're if you're a nerd go check out that textbook it's really really fascinating okay that is it for this week remember to use some AI this week ancient intelligence when it comes to the breath that's all we need is to rely on these breathing algorithms. Remember the good breath, that this is just something unique to each of us where we're trying to reach our fullest potential, express ourselves, and use the breath as one tool of many, right, to to help us be the best people we can be. Remember Phil Stutz and uh, Barry Michaels' advice that we actually have to use these tools no matter how much we know, we have to apply them if we wanna get stronger. And finally, give the 7-Eleven breath a try, Super simple uh, and, and very relaxing. So I hope you enjoy it and I will see you next week.